1: With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. More than 2,000 flights canceled over this weekend at Denver International Airport. You know the problem. Snow. The National Weather Service has
2: issued a winter storm warning. Forecasters say they expect 18 to 24 inches of snow to fall in Denver and Boulder till Sunday night. The Colorado Department of Transportation is warning that road closures are highly likely Transportation officials
1: are asking people not to make unnecessary trips. Correspondent Andrew Stewart. Police in Miami Beach have kicked off a busy spring break weekend by shooting pepper balls at a threatening crowd that had gathered around officers making an arrest. The Miami Beach Police Department says two cops were injured and had to be taken to the hospital. Good news is they're all right; They've been released but remain off duty because of their injuries. This is
0: SRN News. Mike Gallagher sees a whole new set of rules. In
2: America, in 2021, you may not express any doubt about the veracity and the integrity of the election unless you're a Democrat or a Trump hater complaining about Trump's election
0: in 2016. Them's the rules. Got it? The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 8 on AM 1280. The Patriot. Intelligent Radio.
3: Just after 1 p.m. here at AM 1280 The Patriot, my name is Brian, and for the weather today, it's going to be a high of 59 degrees and sunny. The Patriot welcomes Charlie Kirk to the airwaves. Charlie formed Turning Point USA in his parents' garage when he was just 18. That organization now has a presence of 2,000 campuses across the country and directly engages over 250,000 students each year. Join us in welcoming Charlie Kirk each weekday from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. here on AM 1280 The Patriot.
5: You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take a phone call, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. That's hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow. With any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. Pretty nice weekend uh, thus far. Uh, Nice day yesterday in the 60s. A little cooler today. And uh, we're getting a little snow tomorrow from what I understand. But listening to the SRN News, uh, it's not going to be like two feet. Like they're getting what, down in Denver? Boulder area? My gosh. Now again, Colorado, uh, it, it doesn't get as cold here in Minnesota. So the next day it'll probably be 40, 50 degrees. And it'll pretty much all melt away anyhow. So it's all good. But wow, two feet. Uh, i i'm i'm actually uh, leaving on a vacation uh early tomorrow morning and uh thankfully there isn't going to be any kind of uh, uh bad weather that will deter us from flying out so uh i had a streak going this is my second consecutive sunday in the in the patriot bunker and it's going to be broken next week i'll be off next sunday Uh Mitchburg will be filling in for me so uh, <laughs> cuz i was off the entire all the sundays in february i'm back for 2 weeks and i'm taking another sunday off but fear not i'm going to be in uh, for the Super Show uh, this Saturday because that doesn't take a lot of rigorous prep or, or paying attention to the news. It's going to be a lot of reminiscing and talking about the Northern Alliance Radio Network, specifically uh, the 20-year anniversary of AM 1280 The Patriot. Yeah, I'll be talking about that a little more later on in the show. It's gonna. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. This is really going to be a lot of fun because I was a fan, first and foremost, of the Northern Alliance Radio Network before I ever became a talk show host. I mean, I've had this show. It'll be 10 years in June. And the Northern Alliance has been on the air for 17 years. So, yeah, for the for- first uh, seven years, I first caught on to it in about late summer, early fall of 2004, when they were about six months into their uh, into their reign, because it is a reign. We are dominating uh, the all-important weekend conservative talk in the Twin Cities. So it is a reign, a long, strong rate. Uh About six months into their reign, I was listening to them, and it was appointment radio ever since, and now i got my own show. And it's still appointment radio, not my show, but, of course, when I listen to Mitch's show, um, I'll listen back to my uh, podcast, but it's not appointment radio for me. Hopefully for you, the listeners, it is. But I digress. Well, I wrote a little bit about this at my blog, bradcarlson.org. Last Thursday, this past Thursday, March 11th, marked the one-year anniversary of the COVID-19 pandemic. As a matter of fact, the World Health Organization um, put, out a, uh, put out an official message on Twitter. Uh, Dr., uh, Dr. Ted Rost Adhanam, uh, he is, um, let me get his official uh, what his official title is. Yeah, he is the director, director general of the World Health Organization. Uh, one of the things he had said is the World Health Organization has been a- assessing this outbreak around the clock, and we are deeply concerned by both by the alarming levels of spread and severity and by the alarming levels of inaction. We have therefore made the assessment that COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. And again, that was on March 11th, 2020. And I remember that day vividly. Well, I was kind of obviously tracking the coronavirus in in China through my wife. My wife is a scientist, and of course, she was very fascinated by all of the things that were getting leaked out of China, because China doesn't release any information publicly that would be unflattering to their country or the Chinese Communist Party who runs the country. So she was watching leaked videos. People were literally risking their lives sending videos via Twitter of what was going on in China about this outbreak of this strain of coronavirus. Now, we've had strains of coronavirus before, but certainly nothing like this, the contagiousness and the the severity of it. And she was watching this in, I remember, as early as January 2020. And pretty soon, within a couple of weeks after kind of taking in all of the all of the data that we could possibly scrounge up and, you know, the CDC was saying, well, you know, it's nothing really to worry about here in America. Just go on with life as normal. Heck, even when it was declared a pandemic, uh, a lot of the top medical experts, particularly uh, epidemiologist Dr. Michael Osterholm and, uh, of course, uh, Dr. Fauci. were saying that masks weren't that important in fact they were not effective at all and now uh you're you're practically looked at as a leper if you're not wearing one you know so how things change well i remember my wife saying yeah that's coming here that virus that's that's gonna that's coming here it's going to be here and sure enough i don't remember the exact time frame february maybe the first confirmed uh covid19 case was in washington state and then they of course commemorated the first death and then all of a sudden, it was out of control. And by the time, in fact, I remember this Wednesday, March eleventh, twenty twenty. My family and I were on a vacation down in Arizona. We uh, had gone to Phoenix the previous weekend, and then drove from Phoenix to Sedona, Arizona, where we spent a few days. And then Wednesday morning, we drove from Sedona back to Phoenix, and the Phoenix airport was basically, it was all. I don't want to say it was uh, deserted, but I have never gone through a TSA line that quickly uh, in the times while they've had uh, <laughs> uh, long, arduous TSA lines. And you could tell that this seems to be the first casualty of the pandemic is people are not willing to fly because, well, you know, you're cramped in a close space. And when they're talking about you should remain at least six feet apart, well, when you're on an airplane, a full airplane being six feet apart just isn't possible, Right. So, I remember this. I remember we got on, our, uh, got on the plane Wednesday, March 11th, 2020, got home, got situated. You know, I, I took the time to unwind, you know, the afternoon, the evening to unwind because I was going to go back to work the next day on Thursday. And then as as I was watching the news, then it was confirmed that actor Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, who were down in Australia, contracted coronavirus. Also that evening uh it was an the NBA announced that they were going to suspend their season indefinitely because of the coronavirus and of course just a few days earlier you had Utah Jazz player Rudy Gobert mocking people's concern over coronavirus by touching all of their tape recorders and microphones during a press conference and then he walked away and it turns out he had it so <laughs> that was kind of the enduring picture from from that particular incident is Rudy Gobert nonchalantly touching all these devices, and then who knows how many media members he he spread it to. I don't know what, how many were documented at that point, documented cases, but anyhow. And then uh, Sarah Palin was the Masked Singer. Anybody watch that show, The Masked Singer? I have never watched it. I understand the concept. It's, it's a singer in a costume, and you have to try to figure out who it is that are singing these songs. And Sarah Palin was a Masked Singer, and Ilhan Omar got married to the guy she denied having an affair with. You know our congressman from Minnesota's fifth congressional district. So you, I don't know if she planned that, but if she did, it was ingenious because it got totally swallowed up in all the other news. Right? She's, she's like, What, well, you know what? If, if, we're, if we're if we're going to if we're going to get married, let's do it now. Just kind of do it under the radar, and then no one will think anything of it." So I remember thinking, "My God, this this world has just..." I mean we thought 2016 and the subsequent Trump years were bizarre. This just took the cake. And it's like wow, what 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 what's next? What's next? Well then 5 days later, uh Governor Tim Walz here in Minnesota uh used his emergency powers to uh close bars and restaurants and I remember saying at the time given what we knew about this virus and just I remember, it was two weeks to, to to flatten the curve. Remember that? Two weeks to flatten the curve? Because the idea was, look, this is contagious. It's going to spread to uh, many thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people here in this country. We need to slow the spread because the health system is going to get overwhelmed because what we know about this virus is people are are susceptible to it. It's the most contagious strain of this virus that we've seen. And people are going to get it. And in this country, we have an obesity epidemic. And this virus is worst on the elderly and those with underlying health conditions, particularly obesity-related conditions. And this country is ripe for something like this. So we need to ensure the least possible transmission. So what that's going to require is physical distancing Sheltering in place, you know, work at home if you can. Definitely don't go into work sick. You know that used to be a thing among uh, among people is they wanted to tough it out. They had too much work, and they say, "Well, taking a sick day, it'll just be that much worse when I go back to work." I just, I'll just, I'll just power through. Well, now that's I, if there's if there's if there's one positive that has come out of this pandemic, it's people. No one will bat an eye if you say, "Look, I wasn't feeling well. I really needed to stay home." Okay, because people with, a you know, if they had just like a cold, they would they'd plow through and go to work and meanwhile spread that cold to other people. Now, a cold is not obviously is not as potentially fatal as COVID-19. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that people just are now more cognizant of others if they get a little something, a little illness. And that's a good thing. So. Within about, I could say, five days of it being declared pandemic, we pretty much shut down everything here in Minnesota. Me personally, you know, I was working, started working at home about the third or fourth week of March. And then starting around, well, I remember it was Easter Sunday, April 12th. I was doing the broadcast of this radio show from my home office. So I, ha- I was able to work my day job from home. I was able to to do this radio show from home, and oh yeah, churches were closed. You couldn't have large gatherings at churches, so our church offers online services. So my wife and I watch church online. I I literally didn't have to leave my house. We could have ordered our groceries online and had them delivered, and we would have never had to leave our house. But my God, my wife and I realized very quickly that there is no way we can sit around our house for seven days a week. Seven days a week. It's not that my wife and I would drive each other crazy. Not at all. My wife and I did great, you know, being in our being in our houses locked down. Basically, we we did we did just great. But we're, we're social butterflies. We have to get out in the public. And even though you know we're not we going to the grocery store, you're not going out to socialize. I get that. You just need to get out and and do something because our health clubs shortly thereafter closed down as well. So it was uh, it was an interesting time to say the least, and. Uh, The projections, particularly here in Minnesota, were very harrowing as far as the number of cases, potential death toll, and everything else. And what we can be thankful for is some of the outlandish models that the government used were way off because we haven't had near the death toll that we've had, which is a good thing. But the bad news is there were still close to 7,000 deaths here in Minnesota since the pandemic began a year ago, okay? I mean, do the math on that. That's close to 20 per day, way too many. So I'm not underestimating those who have perished due to this coronavirus, but it has not reached the level that some of these projections were saying early on. So we'll get to talk a little bit more about that. But I want to hear from you, the listeners. You know, how have you endured this year? I mean, ha- has, has it been a challenge from a you know from a job standpoint were you able to stay gainfully employed and if so how did you how did you go about that were you able to work work from home sufficiently has your productivity gone up now that we're starting to see the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel you know are you looking forward to getting back to the way life was hopefully or do, are you in a kind of a new normal as well i'd like to hear from the listeners how this past year has impacted you 651-289-4488 is the number to call you can also weigh in via twitter Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, Brad Carlson, the Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
0: Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, Your Smart Speaker. Or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. I should have done it sooner? That's a comment
1: heard often from satisfied patients at I Need More Hair Dot com. Dennis Prager here. If you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss, go to IneedMoreHair.com and see what they're doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free and the results are amazing. You'll be under the care of some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in the country. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including notable Hollywood personalities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Their technique is so advanced that their results are guaranteed in right. And their prices are the best in the business. If you have hair loss, don't put this off another day. Contact I Need More at their office in Egan for your free consultation experience. You can trust prices you can afford. Today is the day to get a permanent solution to your hair loss at I dot com.
7: Have you been charged with a gun crime? Have you lost your gun rights due to an old criminal offense? Have you been denied a permit to carry or a purchase of a firearm? I'm attorney Kelly Keegan, and I can help. Contact us for a free consultation at keeganlawoffice.com. Hey, welcome
5: back. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651 289 4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARNSHOW. That's hashtag N A R N SHOW. For any comments or questions, and as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Continuing the discussion on COVID 19, this past Thursday we marked the one year anniversary of this being declared a pandemic. Where the world essentially uh, shut down, people sheltered in place. Uh, on the rare occasions they did go out, uh, toilet paper was hoarded. Hoarded. I mean, going to your local grocery store, uh, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, the pickings were slim. Uh, fortunately, uh, my wife and I have made uh, had made preparations even before the pandemic, on the off chance something crazy would happen with this world that we would have, you know, an adequate food supply that could get us through for a period of time. Uh, having no idea that, you know, a pandemic would occur shortly thereafter. But you, you just never know. But, I again, I'd like to hear from you, the listeners, 651-289-4488. Uh, you know, how have you endured this past year? Has it been difficult? I mean, we've heard a lot uh, about the mental health crisis that has been exacerbated. I mean, there has been a mental health crisis in this country, even before the pandemic, and then uh, isolation and loneliness and being sequestered in your home for days on end with really at times it felt like no end in sight you know how how did you deal with it and i i can honestly say my wife and i were abundantly blessed because we were both gainfully employed we were both able to do our respective day jobs from our homes and if any so we were drawing our regular salary we were never unemployed at any point and if anything we came out ahead because we weren't driving anywhere so we had no commuting expenses we didn't have to worry about fuel costs for our vehicle wear and tear on our vehicles or, or anything like that so we we were blessed in that from that standpoint but we couldn't help but be heartsick for those people we know that lost jobs or were suffering their mental health was taking a hit through the loneliness and isolation or uh Obviously, any other financial ramifications or drawbacks that resulted from uh, from the COVID nineteen pandemic. You know, we were devastated because businesses were were shutting down. You know, our favorite uh, bars and restaurants were teetering on the brink of of ruin. And thankfully, you know, the the city where my wife and I live, we reside in Ramsey, small town. Most of those businesses survived up there, and we were grateful for that. But we made a commitment to do whatever we could to, to help these businesses. You know, we would, we would order takeout once a week from our favorite restaurants. And we learned early on uh, the, delivery, the, the food delivery apps like, like DoorDash and Grubhub, they take way too much off the top. And the restaurant really doesn't make as much money uh, as they could if you just went and ordered and then drove and picked it up. So that's something we learned early on. We wanted to ensure that our businesses were making the most money possible. So, it, so we were committed to helping any way we possibly could. We had the resources to do it, to, to order out once a week, sometimes maybe even twice a week. You know, our local health club was shut down. So we said, you know, we're not going to ask to stop paying our monthly membership dues. We want our health club to be open after, you know, when, when it's safe to open up again. So we want to continue paying our dues, even if it's just a small part. You know, we don't go to a, an elaborate health club. It wasn't that much money. So, you know, we could afford it. So those were the things we we committed to doing because again we were blessed with the ability to continue working and 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 have the financial resources to to live life and uh, and we were grateful for that but again it 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 was tempered significantly by knowing what other people were going through and we didn't know what to expect and there was a lot of conflicting information you know a lot of people pig pile on you know the medical experts that we looked to like uh, doctors Fauci and Burks who were Kind of the faces of the of President then President Trump's coronavirus task force, you know, coming out with daily briefings and, and advising on how what people should do to to mitigate the spread, and they would talk about things like, well, you know, doctors Fauci and Burke said this at the outset. Now they're saying this. You know, they're flip flopping on these issues. Well, this was a novel coronavirus. We were learning new things. I mean, I've had my I've had plenty of criticisms with Dr. Fauci, particularly now. Where he's still hemming and hawing over whether people can gather even if they're fully vaccinated. OK, so I've got I've had plenty of criticisms of Dr. Fauci, but that isn't one because as time has gone on, we've learned more uh, about this virus. So. Uh, it's hard to believe in some ways, I remember that was kind of a theme that was going on last year. It's like, my God, March is the longest month in the history of uh, of months I remember when it when it finally got to April first, people were designated it as March thirty second because it just the mar, the month went on and on and on, uh, just crazy. But we do have a we do have a phone caller on the uh, good friend of the broadcast, Wild Wilson is checking in. Wild, always good to hear from you, sir. How are you?
3: Well, it's always great to hear you live on the radio, Mister Brad. And uh, I'm doing pretty good out here, working away on a on a Sunday today, just for a few hours to try you know lower the stress level a little bit for the upcoming week.
5: I get it. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so I and lots of,
3: lot, lots of places to go this week and and you know I was blessed as, as as you um to be able to to work throughout the entire whole kibosh, you know, and Outstanding. But, you know even though even though financially as we saw with our checking accounts and savings accounts and things of that sort that they may have increased we still lost so much, Brad. We lost, I mean, our the, the sense of our regular life, of course. But the financial ramifications that we're going to see, uh, well, we're seeing now and down the road and things of all sorts. Um, you know, we we too lost in in those ways that we don't actually can't physically see uh, per se, like you know the. Poor, unfortunate people that lost their businesses and jobs and homes and families and their their mental uh, abilities.
5: Yeah, and that's an excellent point, Wild, and it's a great segue, not to mention the fact that these, uh, between the last couple of presidential administrations, close to $5 trillion in quote-unquote coronavirus relief that uh, just is slapped onto our national debt. Uh, who's going to pay for that? I mean, that's something people exactly. just don't have a deep appreciation for. You're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, Wild, we appreciate the call. Thanks so much, uh, Wild Wilson. Uh, always uh, great checking, and normally checks in online, but I'm glad he called. It's always uh, it's good to hear the folks' voices, and uh, looking forward to actually seeing our listeners in person when we do have station events. We're by golly, we're going to have station events coming up. Uh, I can't give you definitive dates, but we we're going to have them. And boy, is that going to be a big celebration! It's going to be so great to see everybody. We've seen Wild at a couple of those events as well. So always appreciate the support. Yeah, that's I, I want to bounce off a little bit what, about what Wilde was saying, and this is something I wrote about at org. is people, they get their $1,400 checks and they're rejoicing and running around and, you know, uh, happy days are here again. And, look, I'm not denigrating those who got got checks from the government for coronavirus relief because people took a significant hit, financial hit, a lot of people, and that goes a long way to helping folks. Heck, the $600 we got the last uh, a few months ago, whenever that was, uh, I think maybe late last fall, winter, whenever it was, you know, that that goes a long way to helping folks. So I'm not denigrating that by any stretch of the imagination. But the problem is, particularly with this latest covid relief package, close to two trillion dollars, 80 to 85 percent, not even related to covid. a good number of it to bail out blue states who managed themselves poorly leading up to the pandemic and then were nowhere near as ready to handle a pandemic that hampered their fiscal outlook. And then you have obviously a foreign aid package, you know, helping foreign countries. You know, a lot of the, a lot of this pork put in there. And this is what the Democrats are all about, is 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 this giant porculus packages. But see they they control the narrative politically because they've got a complicit media where they say, well, these Republicans they're denying people their $1400 checks. Well, what they don't say and what the media doesn't report on is there was $1 trillion from previous COVID relief packages that had not even been spent. And so now you're putting this other $2 trillion out there, whereas 80%, again, doesn't even go to COVID relief. And all of a sudden, you're printing all this extra money to meet this obligation, and guess what? Hello, inflation. Hello, devaluation of the dollar. So suddenly that $1,400, you have better spend it while you can because it's it's going to be uh, devaluing quickly. But But you see, people don't... People don't understand that or don't have an appreciation for it. I'm not say, saying people are dumb, but this is where it, honest media is essential in this country. And we don't have it. We don't have anything close to it. Yeah, I'm going to say more about this when we come back. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N-Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. There you where.
7: Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of besthotgrill.com. We make the Solaire Infrared Grills, those amazing gas grills that heat up to over 1,000 degrees in just three minutes to provide professional chef quality performance in your own backyard. Now, you won't find them in the big box stores. Solaire is sold only by the finest specialty retailers who recognize Solaire as the only real hot, fast grill. If you live in an area without a Solaire dealer, Solaire has the demo program where you can try a mini version of a full-size grill in your own backyard, grilling the foods you love. It's made with the same design, materials, components, and performance of the big Solaire's, but in a size Solaire can easily ship to you. Try before you buy so you'll know firsthand why Solaire is the last grill you'll ever purchase. Learn more about the demo program and these fantastic USA-made grills at besthotgrill.com. That's besthotgrill.com, besthotgrill.com. This is the Entertainment Answer. Are you looking for a family-friendly musical? How about A Week Away? It premieres on Netflix March 26th. Starring Bailey Madison, it's about a troubled teen who has a run-in with the law that puts him at an important crossroad. He can go to juvenile detention or attend a Christian summer camp. Spoiler alert, he chooses camp. This is perfect for your teens and tweens, so look for A Week Away coming to Netflix March 26th. And to watch the trailer, head over to TheEntertainmentAnswer.com.
0: And cyberspace.
3: And I am proud
0: to be a member. And of I'm you. proud to serve in the United and States. And I am proud to protect our country.
4: Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve.
0: AFReserve.com.
5: Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You, got a great imagination. you can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, talking about the year that has been This global pandemic, yeah, this past Thursday, March 11th, we commemorated one year of being in a pandemic. I remember vividly uh, where I was that day, uh, traveling home from a family vacation, sitting in the Phoenix airport, looking around and thinking, yeah, life as we know it is changing. I mean, people were already wearing face masks, even though at that point, uh, many health officials were saying it was pretty, it was worthless to wear a face mask. But the knowledge on the situation evolved and it's not a cure-all, okay? So for those, uh, uh, for, as Mitch likes to call them, Big Karen, those members of Big Karen, uh, face masks are a mitigating factor, okay? They're not a cure-all. Uh, you know, physically distancing is the key aspect in in mitigating the spread of COVID-19. But as I was saying last segment, the, some of the models that our government officials, particularly here in the state of Minnesota, were using – we're way overestimating what the death toll would be. Some said it would be upwards of 74,000 and others are saying, you know, then they said, well, okay, we can, we can kind of scale that back. It'd probably be maybe closer to 29,000, even enacting all of these protocols, you know, physically distancing and wearing a face mask. And then, oh yeah, a face mask, uh, that, uh, that mask mandate here in Minnesota went into effect in July. And it's been in effect ever since. And, you know, there were even though some restaurants were allowed to open, they were closed back down again when we had a uh, another rise in cases and death toll around November. That was probably the darkest time of the pandemic here in Minnesota. I think in a three-day span, we had like close to 300 deaths around November time frame. It was pretty scary there for a while, no doubt about it. But it makes sense when you think about it because as we got into November, people are going to be indoors. You know, when it's summertime, people are going to be outdoors and it's more conducive to distancing and and acting responsibly but when you're indoors with with the number of folks it's you know a little more a little more hairy shall we say and so november there was certainly a dark time uh, but we never got close to the 20 not even the twenty nine thousand, which was some of the lower projections they had for death toll in fact i remember in july in July, they were talking about that was going to be the darkest time of the pandemic, you know, as we were getting into the summer. So, well, July, look, look out, first half of July, we're going to probably see close to 1,000 deaths a day. Didn't come close. Didn't come close. As I indicated, we have close to 7,000 total deaths since the pandemic began. Again, way too many. I mean, doing quick and dirty math, that's about nineteen, eighteen, 18 or 19 deaths per day since the pandemic started. 18 to 19 deaths per day here in Minnesota. Way too many. Not underestimating, not undervaluing that by any stretch of the imagination. But to try to spin that as as good news is ridiculous when you consider of those 6,800 plus deaths here in the state of Minnesota, more than half have come in long-term care facilities, nursing homes. I mean, it isn't to the degree that New York, the scandal New York is, but here in Minnesota, it's 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 a pretty big scandal too of COVID-infected patients being put in nursing homes because the idea was to save space in the hospital. Because that was that again, that was the initial chanting point. We we want we need two weeks to flatten the curve, just two weeks. So if everybody could just shelter in place, not go out, not go out anywhere, not visit your families. I know it's going to be tough, but just two weeks, then we don't overwhelm the health system. Then we have plenty of ventilators, ICU beds. Hospital beds, what have you? Well, in order to try to clear as much space as they as could, some of these COVID infected patients were allowed to stay in nursing homes. And if we and I've said this on multiple shows recently, that's the one thing we knew from day one of this virus is the fact that the most susceptible was our elderly community. And why do you think Florida has flourished so much? You wouldn't know it from the media reporting, but the governor is Republican, so we understand why the media doesn't paint Florida in a positive light. Plus, the governor's a meanie. You know, he 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 talks. Apparently, he's very curt with the media. <gasps> you know, I guess that's how we run our uh, how, how we run things now. We we base our opinion on elected officials by how they interact with media types. Sorry, I was uh, rolling. Rolling one's eyes isn't good for radio, but I am on the live stream on the Northern Alliance, uh, not Radio Network Facebook page, so you can probably see it pretty clearly then. Uh, <laughs> but the point is, is that the government has not owned up to their mistakes. Instead, they say, "Wow, you know what? We were we were thinking on the low end, it was going to be close to twenty nine thousand deaths, and that was just you know seven eight months." Into the pandemic, and look at that—we've—we've—we have seven—we have seven thousand. You know, we—we've done it. We've done a great job. And this is my concern uh, about government and how they're handling this pandemic. Is is people are just going to focus on the goodies they get? You know, we'll get a fourteen hundred dollar check for for COVID relief. And again, I'm not denigrating that at all. People need the financial assistance. And again, if government is going to enact policies. That will hamper your ability to earn an income or run your business. Yeah, absolutely. They should be putting money back into those folks who are impacted by that. But again, that only makes up about 20%, if that, of this COVID relief, latest COVID relief package that President Biden signed into law this past Friday. And Governor Walls, this past week, uh, this is from a Star Tribune story. He uh, has probably the most significant rollbacks of these COVID mandates uh, since the pandemic began. Again, this is from the uh, Star Tribune, Jeremy Olson. Uh, large events from high school proms to live Minnesota Twins games can resume this spring under a rollback of COVID-19 restrictions announced Friday by Governor Tim Walls. While public mask wearing and social distancing requirements will remain, Minnesota will allow in-person work again, lift capacity limits for worship service, and permit up to 10,000 fans at the Twins' home opener April 8th. We're winning, and this thing's coming to an end, said Walls, who encouraged people to plan for summer weddings and the May 15 walleye opener. Let's just buckle down. We're going to know in the next three or four weeks if we've truly got this thing on the ropes, and it's done, and then we finish it. Uh, by the way, uh, when Governor Walz said, uh, you know, we're winning and this thing, it's coming to an end, I'm, you know, he was probably doing it to thunderous applause. There was a graphic on uh, Facebook, I think the Minnesota Department of Health's Facebook page, one of the state government's Facebook pages, you know, kind of uh, put out a graphic about bars and restaurants, how they're increasing to 75% capacity with 250 people maximum, bar seating up to four, uh, gyms and fitness studios can be up to fifty percent capacity. Uh, youth sports uh, there can be up to fifty uh, people per uh, pod for outdoor activities. It's entertainment venues up to fifty percent capacity, two hundred fifty people max. Uh, outdoor venues fifty uh, percent capacity, two hundred fifty pe- uh, people max. And then, of course, as we as he indicated, uh, ten thousand people could be at the Twins game. You know, because forty percent capacity at the at Target Field, so that's about twenty five percent. And for social gatherings, he's talking 50 people outdoors and 15 people indoors, and there's now no longer a limit on religious services. And uh, Kara Schultz, who is a, a friend of the Northern Alliance Rated Network and a libertarian member of the Burnsville City Council, uh, I think she nailed the entire spirit of this. Uh, she replied to this Facebook post, Well, how does one properly thank one's ruling for his beneficence? Will a bow do? Or is full prostration more appropriate? Because, honestly, people were celebrating like they just won some sort of lottery. It's like, do you stop and think the whole reason that the, you're get, being given all these things is they were wrested from you in the first place? Does anybody stop to think about this? And, and how, how uproariously are our neighbors here in the five-state area laughing? you know the five state area you know upper midwest here like north and south dakota iowa wisconsin and minnesota so our neighbors all around us how uproariously are they laughing they say you're rejoicing over that on our on our worst times we we had all we at least had all of that i mean north dakota and iowa ultimately acquiesced to face mask mandates but not for very long and south dakota never did now, I get it. The comeback is, well, North and South Dakota, they're not nearly as densely populated here in Minnesota as Minnesota. That's a fair point, and I'll grant you that. But what about Wisconsin? Uh, Governor Evers there tried to institute some sort of uh, COVID mandates and got his finger slapped by the courts there, and they were eventually rolled back. Population-wise, very similar size states. They've got a couple big metro areas like Madison and Milwaukee, similar to what we do here in St. Paul Minneapolis. And they haven't had nearly the draconian lockdowns and mandates that we've had here in Minnesota, yet the death rate is comparable. So what, how do you explain? Has anybody explained how that states have dramatically different methodologies, but their death rates aren't dramatically impacted either way? And I'm talking more densely populated states. Has anybody bothered to explain that? You know a lot of people like to do the Florida New York comparison. I mean Florida with a significantly elderly population, you know 350,000 elderly in 4,000 nursing homes, okay, they didn't have the they, they didn't have the disastrous uh nursing home death toll that New York did. Okay? Why an honest media would probably do some investigation work into this and report back. But that would un- that would undermine certain agenda items and-, and narratives that the media has. So, of course, we we, we can't can't expect that to happen. But th- this is this is my genuine concern. Is you know Kara's obviously response to this, you know, how does one properly thank one's ruler for his beneficence? You know, will a bow do, or is full prostration more appropriate? Okay, obviously tongue in cheek, but you know what. Sadly, that's not dramatically different from a lot of the sentiments people were conveying. Oh, we thank Governor Wallace for his great leadership. And what's, what's concerning to me is people are not going to think about how this stuff was wrested away from them, only about the, the aspect that it's given back. And what do you know, right in, right in time for another election cycle. Now, again, I'm not here to suggest that these government officials were doing all this stuff in the middle of their term and as it got closer closer to the election cycle that they're giving it back as some sort of strategic uh, campaign thing. I'm, I'm not suggesting that at all. But this is the problem, again, with the lack of an honest media, is they're not reporting the potential... Disaster. We could see the fallout from these draconian lockdowns. They're not giving you the information about how the dollar could be significantly devalued because of these close to five trillion dollars in COVID packages. You know, about three trillion during the Trump uh, Trump administration, and another couple of trillion during the Biden administration goes directly onto the national debt, and how much each citizen's share of the national debt has increased. To so that, that's not being reported because we can't get in the way of happy days are here again. Hey, I got my $1400 partay. And that's it. That's a that's an incredible disservice to the people. Because what the people are going to look at as, "Wow, look at this. I just pay a few bucks in taxes and the government, you know, pays the freight, and helps me through this particular situation and it's getting to the point where some citizens aren't going to vote against these politicians who are going to keep this gravy train running. But if they had any concept of the of the not even long term, intermediate term damage that this is going to do, they might think twice before supporting this kind of stuff. But again, that would require an honest media, which uh, sadly, at least at this point, is irretrievably broken in this country. We'll wrap up this discussion one year of the COVID-19 pandemic, discussing it here in the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. That is the number to call. Brad Carlson, the closer. One final segment this hour. Go nowhere.
0: AM 1280, The Patriot. Whoa. Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com.
9: High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport, Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love. If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to HighSchoolOfficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's HighSchoolOfficials.com.
0: This is a potter's field. When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place, littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits. No one leaves flowers. But it doesn't have to be that way. For as low as $1 a day, you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses. We offer burial insurance plans that pay up to $30,000. Considering the average funeral costs more than $10,000, that's peace of mind for your family. There are no medical exams, your rates won't increase, and your policy cannot be canceled as long as you make your premium payments. Call now to get approved in minutes and ensure your final resting place is more than just a pauper's grave in a potter's field. 800-323-8137. 800-323-8137. 800-323-8137. That's 800-323-8137. Paid for by Final Expense Direct.
9: Dad, guess what?
0: What? The right to the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Bearingarms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self defense, the latest gear, and more. That's Bearingarms.com.
5: Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, always we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Wrapping up this hour, uh, again, we've been talking the entire hour, looking back at the one year since uh, the COVID-19 pandemic began, Uh, March eleventh, twenty twenty. Specifically, was the year or it was the date, excuse me, where this was uh, where COVID-19 was declared a pandemic. And uh, here we are a year later, and uh, it's going to take some time to really surmise what the damage has wrought from these decisions made by our government officials, whether it's federal level, state levels, what have you. You know the the loneliness, the isolation, uh, the financial hit people have taken, and I haven't I haven't even touched on uh, kids in school. I mean, kids were kept out of school for months and months, even though you had the head of the CDC, Robert Redfield, coming out and saying, "Yeah, I'd have no issue sending my grandchildren to schools right now because of the impact this virus has on kids or, or lack of thereof." You know, because they they. You know, they weren't as susceptible to the virus and with proper mitigation techniques, you could keep the teachers as safe as possible. But since, you know, the unions run that racket, politicians don't want to give up that gravy train. So it's going about as business as usual. But my point is the kids and their lost education, how many trillions over the next several decades will that cost to our economy? Because kids, you know. Didn't get the proper education at the proper time and won't be adequately prepared to get out there in the world and you know go to trade school or college and then from there get a, get a, uh, a credible job. You know how many how how much is that going to hurt our economy? Are we going to even be able to measure it quantify that? So while you're rejoicing over your fourteen hundred dollar check and again I'm going to emphasize it again, I get it. People need the relief. No doubt about it, because of the government policies that have wrought. But just don't forget why you needed that relief. That's 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 the big factor. And again, there are a lot of things that have happened during this pandemic. We're not going to know the ramifications of, the downsides of, for years to come, and it's not going to be pretty. That is uh, for certain. We only got a few minutes left this hour. I do want to get to Mark's call? Mark from St. Louis Park is on line one. Mark, always good to hear from you. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network.
4: Brad, thanks very much. I called for another minute, but thanks for talking about the children. If I ever read a Star Tribune editorial or unions asking for more money to alleviate the achievement gap, I'm going to throw up. Mm-hmm. They've done nothing but the opposite this last year. Yep. But, but I called to thank you so much for talking about uh, uh, the midterms. Because the average person, you know, we don't have much experience with this. Uh, Coming in from a pandemic to the midterms, the average person thinks, well, who's in power? It's great. The theme parks are open up. Malls are open up. Everything's open up. Why should I vote this party out of power? So that's another, and thanks for bringing it up. I've been telling my conservative friends last month, be careful, because uh, people have a short memory. They might reward the, the party in power at, as far as the midterms go, so I'll hang up and listen. Thanks for bringing that
5: up. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Mark. Thank you. Um, yeah, like I say, to hear people ecstatic over the you know the free free money, you know, like I've said, it means that they're going to continue to vote uh, political candidates. how to, to keep that gravy train running. And it, like you said, people may have a short memory, but you better believe folks like Ryan Winkler are going to be around to remind them. You know, Ryan Winkler put out one of the creepiest tweets I'd ever seen, talking about how basic government. Uh, ba- or comp- basic competent government matters, elections matter, and you know we people should expect that the government is here to help. You know, so I'm paraphrasing what he said. Uh, I'd go to Ryan Winkler's Twitter feed, but then I'd have to wear a hazmat suit, and maybe have a vomit bag. So I'm I'm declining to do that. But people like that are gonna are gonna remind folks, and what folks need to remember is when it comes to our basic liberties, those will ne those will never return once government succeeds in chipping them away at even a fraction of them. And even as we reach herd immunity here in the United States, uh, our betters, they're never going to proclaim, alley ollie, oxen free. They're never going to do that. It's going to have to be up to we, the people, to draw the that proverbial line in the sand. But the problem is, I'm not certain there are enough U.S. citizens with the will or desire uh, to make that clean break from the uh, proverbial quarantine daddy. So... When you think about Rahm Emanuel's famous quote, never let a good crisis go to waste. This pandemic was a crisis, a crisis this past year, as sometimes has been in crisis mode for some people more than others. And a good crisis, sorry to say, it definitely has not gone to waste. When it comes from some of the decisions our state government, local governments, and federal government have has made, a good crisis has not gone to waste. And, you know, as Mark said, uh, people are just going to know that, hey, there was a dark, harrowing time that started during the Trump administration, and look at this, there's a new administration, the Biden administration, happy days are here again, and people aren't going to look at the entire picture, and again, I'm not here to say the citizens or voters are dumb or stupid or ignorant. I'm just saying they're being done a great disservice by our media, which has no intellectual curiosity or desire to report this stuff. So a good crisis has not gone to waste. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere.
8: Hi, this is PJ from PJ's Appliance Outlet, your local, family-owned, and operated appliance store. No matter where you live in the Twin Cities, PJ's is worth the drive. We're centrally located in Plymouth. Just this past month, we've had satisfied customers from Maple Grove, St. Paul, Minneapolis, Eden Prairie, Bloomington, all over the Twin Cities. We take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores by simply providing over the top customer service, great quality products at unbeatable prices. PJ's has quickly become the trusted go to store for brand new scratch and dent appliances. You can save hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars on brand new, warranted name brand refrigerators, ovens, washers and dryers, dishwashers and freezers, top brands like LG, Frigidaire, and much more. Come visit our showroom today and ask for PJ, Bob, or Jake, or visit our website at PJ's That's PJ's where every deal is a steal. Tell me
2: why Relief Actor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain.
6: AM 1280.